Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of Twitter and YouTube fame, and welcome to Avatar The Last Podcasters. This week, we are going to talk about strategists in Avatar, not in the larger world. The top 10 strategists in the Avatar universe. But before that, Chris, I just asked you like 10 minutes ago, but uh, second recording of the evening. How you doing? How you been? What have you hypothetically been up to this week? Um, I'm about to watch a new Superman cartoon, so that's fun. Nice. Oh, a new Superman was announced recently, so that's cool also. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You don't know the actor, it's okay. Have you ever watched Marvelous Miss Maisel? Uh-huh. Oh, she will be the main character there. She will be the new Lois Lane, and I think that is some perfect casting. Uh, it feels like a good fit without looking too far into it. Yeah. yeah. Sounds great. Um, I'm going to assume that I just keep playing Tears of the Kingdom, not with really an end goal in mind. I just... Ooh. I, I beat it a week ago or so. Nice. Probably the best finale of any Zelda game. It was freaking cinematic. The music was swelling. It was difficult in the right way. Um, great. Great, amazing game. Still playing it. Like I'm just doing little stuff now. But... I find myself procrastinating in the main storyline. I just am enjoying the grind. Right now I'm grinding for large Zonite. Oh yeah. Uh, little little duplication glitch. Um some some war machines. I have, I have been guys. using the arrow duplication glitch. Can we go down in the in between? Mm-hmm. I the one I've been using for large zonite is that I will go to a refinery. And I will use the the ledge jump drop one, and then I'll just oh, use okay. that. I'll essentially use that four times because you only want like one in your inventory, and then you have to eat something before. But since the refinery, oh, did have... you? Oh, is that is that a one point one two point two glitch? Current. Yep, we're updated. Okay, so oh, okay, you have to That's have uh, an item in your inventory ahead of the large zonite that you can eat all of. Right, so you want to drop mm. one or two of those, get down to like one or two, and then you only want to have one large zonite itself, and then right in front of it, you have to have something with more than five or five or more items. So you eat, you jump off, paraglide, eat the item, so hold. <laughs> it is, and it seems the hardest at first, but it was so. It's it's like it's overly complex in theory, but it's so pertinent to what I want to do because you can only buy five crystal charges at a time at a refinery. So basically, mm-hmm. I repeat, and there you can only leave twenty or twenty-one items on the ground at a time, right? So it has limitations, yeah. but it's perfect because I do that four times, get five crystal, big crystal charges, which is essentially one battery cell level, like one third of mm-hmm. a battery cell, and then I go to the next refinery and I do that like mm-hmm. once a day. Um, so in a day, I'll get. Did you, did you turn off the? Did you turn off the auto update? Uh, no, I didn't. And I actually oh, saw the turn, last time I played today that there's a new update, but the internet tells yeah. me it's more content. Today's update. Uh, is it? Okay. I'm afraid. I, <laughs> I'm not going to do it yet, but when we switch profiles, that forces it. When Heather switches to I'm her not... profile to play, it forces it. It forces it. It does. Right, so. Yep. It forces you to auto-update? It forces. It seems switch. to force an update when she when we switch profiles and she tries to load up the game. 
Um, I suppose you can oh. turn your Wi-Fi off entirely. Would be my best guess. And then it well, I switch profiles with my daughter pretty often, and long long as you go to like the settings and you you hit don't auto update, like it will always when we when we switch and we play play the game, it'll say, oh, a new thing is a new thing is available. Do you want to download or just start software? We always hit start software so it doesn't update. But that but that first glitch. I did get auto updated, and I did wasn't able to like because that was like the easiest glitch. I was just like, oh, you just. I jump only off got to use that one a few times before I got updated. Yeah, I didn't use them. My daughter got like fifty grand off of that glitch. So, uh, Chris, I I don't need the money as much because I bought the fake the fake amiibo, right? And so uh, okay. I'm at the point where it's giving me duplicate, uh, duplicate clothing. And those clothes that'll sell for I don't know, it's like five hundred or six hundred bucks a pop, the the yeah. you know the trousers of Twilight and all that stuff, and so I don't really need that anymore, because I just use these and I have a very rhythmic pattern for getting through all of these and there's like thirty eight of them, um, so you know gather goods to eat, to duplicate. Um, I like to, I like to duplicate bombs and like lionel horns because that's the strongest. Attack things. I don't ever run out of a strong fuse. I I haven't had a need to duplicate bombs yet because I've just spent so much time in the underworld that I haven't mm. had a need yet. But I'm sure it'll come. I love puff shrooms. I spend a lot of my Poe just on puff shrooms and bomb flowers. Um, I'm sorry, puff shrooms? No, the what's the muddle buds? Yes, those are so much fun, Chris. I do that just just for giggles. I like to shoot a, the big bad at whatever little camp in the underworld with the muddle bud. And then I just use, he only costs nine Zonite to make. It's just the attack ally, I think is what he is. He only costs mm-hmm. nine Zonite to make. And so I'll make like one or two of those, depending on how much. And so the big guy's attacking the little guys. And then I send one or two of those in, and they just attack everybody. And I just, I love watching it. I don't know why. It's so chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when it gets closer to the end, I'll use the Gerudo Sage. I forget her name, her ability to... Run in and it's it's my favorite gameplay cycle, my favorite game loop. All right, well that's uh that's our avatar this week. Thanks for talking to us. Have a great week. We'll be back next time. No, Chris, let's talk. It was a great week. I'm sure hypothetically will be. Let's talk about top ten strategists in Avatar: The Last Airbender. Do you want to provide any context, or you just want to roll in? Sure, I'll probably provide some context. So this is not the smartest. I was starting that list, but then I like strategists better. Um, this is not the wisest. This is top strategists. And I like to think of strategists, and Sean can disagree with this. Um, things that I was thinking about was having strategy within fighting. So like a fighter might think like, oh, I need to move here to do this get here and also strategies just within getting your own goals done uh, or any overarching strategy so like i need to take over this area i need to move this chess piece here whatever whatever or even political strategy so it it is naturally our brains want it to be mostly combat and i say our like chris and mine specifically uh, but we tried really hard to be considerate of evil plan strategy right like like executing a grandmaster plan uh outside of just kind of combat and wartime uh, we try to be considerate even though it's very tempting 
just for it to be kind of strictly combat. So we tried. And let us know where we erred and where we did not err. Chris, let's get started. Let's go with, uh, let me get my count right here. Let's go with number 10. Do you want to go every oh, other? We can go, oh, uh, sure. We'll do honorable mention second to last. I always like it. I like the the watch yeah. mojo thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, watch mojo. I'll take number ten. I'll take the even. So number ten, we have. Let me get this count right. We have Pandao, who is you know remains one of my favorite characters on the show, and I will preface this by saying I do have a slight bias toward extremely effective non benders, and Pandao is among yeah. the best in that category. The thing that stands out to me about Pandal is that he was like a, a top-breaking person in the Fire Nation military, even though he was a non-bender. Uh, the other thing that stands out to me is that when he was training Sokka, he often he he was like in their fight, he would talk about strategy, like "Oh, good job, Sokka, using your opponent's old age against him." Oh, good job, Sokka, you have the high ground. So, like you can tell, he has a key. Yeah, combat, mind, first strategy. And if this could have easily been higher if we saw more of his use of his strategy. But really got like one episode. And it wasn't that combative. In my head, I like to picture him as one of the main people in the White Lotus moving the characters around their little tactic board. Mm, but, yeah. Yeah, that's number 10. Number 9 is... Chief Hakoda. Uh, interesting number nine here, because you know, we got some uh, ones higher. Uh, Hakoda, uh, just like Sokka, was known to like make traps and stuff. He made that stinking sink thing to trap in people, to use you know that stinky smell to make them aboard ship. Not aboard ship. Abandoned ship. Abandoned ship. Yeah, abandoned ship. Aboard ship. It smells uh, bad. Here we yeah. gotta get on board. <laughs> also, he helped make the strategy for the day of black sun like that took a lot of military precision like all right go here go here whatever whatever um so he has some great uh military strategy you don't see that as much in the combat because we just don't see that much combat from Hakoda. he feels like he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders for what he's doing we have a lot of people that either from ego or just independence probably don't have the same sort of strategic pressure on their shoulders or pressure to be an effective strategist like Hakoda does, but that's kind of a wild conjecture. Number eight is Kuvira. Kuvira is... I wanted her higher, but Sean took her lower. Uh, Kuvira, she shows strategy in so many different ways. One thing, she is the leader of... One thing, she's the only one actually playing Risk. Like she has a whole map. Yeah. She has pieces. Like, all right, I'll take this piece. Oh, this is the last piece I need. She is strategically thinking of how to take over the whole entire Earth Kingdom. But she's playing um, risk against like twelve smaller opponents that aren't united against her. You know, like <laughs> yet that's why she's so strat. Like she's she's put in. She was strategic thinking enough to put in people that she could either manipulate or put their trust in her. Uh, they weren't just going to, you know, let the power that she had go over to some idiot. Um, but Kavira, 
optimal strategy different ways. Like she purposely manipulated the situation to take over uh, Zalfu. Like she planned a trap for uh, Suyin to fall into, and then she could be like, "Oh, will Suyin attack me?" Like she gives me no other choice but to uh, but to take over Zalfu to somehow give her score her political points in a way that she doesn't just seem like the aggressor. She She's top 10 on our list, right? That's a compliment. She's top 10. Top 8, <laughs> as it were. There's just something about her plans that feels a little more superficial and linear. They don't They don't feel as, as clever. They feel... I don't know how else to say it. They're kind of flat and linear. That doesn't mean they're not effective. I just... She, is is very uh she she grew up in an influential or with with an influential family she has a lot of support from influential people and i just don't know how much credit i want to give to her i guess just uh putting down queen Kuvira there so okay whatever fair enough uh what else can i add i don't i think this the general you know sense of it she was going to take over probably Earth Kingdom surface-wise probably makes up 70% of, I think that's, yeah, 70% of the Earth. Uh, yeah. So we're on number seven. Mm-hmm. Number seven is, which sounds weird, that this person is ranked higher than Kuvira. Because it's just, just the statement. Number seven is Sokka. Sokka is Sounds weird saying Saka is more strategic thinking than Kuvira. Like if they were playing a strategic game against each other, Saka is we don't so have creative. Chris, whatever, it's whatever true. Kuvira thought I, that she would expect from Saka is not what Saka would deliver. Thing is, it's not that I am underplaying Saka. I just had Kuvira higher. I have, have Saka pretty much right where he is. It's a right good list, at. man. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Saga is that he shows so much strategy on the fly and is out of the box uh, out of box thinking like when he uh, was able to trick the fire sages into believing that Aang had already entered the temple to beat Roku um, or I mean, he came up with the whole strategy for Day of Black Sun um and then he came up with the whole strategy to take out the airships. Like, that was strategy on the fly. You know, now that I think about that, maybe something's right where he needs to be. Uh, well, just, that... I can't get over enough. Like, he's not he's not taking pages from somebody else's book and, and doing it effectively. Like, it's just coming out of his own brain. Yeah. It, it, there's not, like, an academic education behind it in any True. Way, shape, or form. And, like, when we get to other characters ahead, like, these people... Have been trained and in, in, to, to study the greatest strategists in in Avatar universe history. He he is the last person on this list that that probably lacks that kind of academic level of strategy. Yeah, there's probably one. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know which one you're looking at. I think yeah, I think they all would have some level of of education in that regard. So yeah. I don't. It's funny because I don't think. Saka, I've never, I've never imagined Saka reading a, a book. book. Yeah, same. Just ever, he'll, he'll read a map, but map, a book, yeah, and picture. He, 
Yeah. Mm. Also, listen, it's a little bit of a, a like non-bender bias here, but uh, but again, I just appreciate that his his work is so original. Chris, yeah. number number six is Yoon. Yeah, Yoon is interesting. I might have could have dropped him, but Yoon is one of those ones that was trained to be the greatest strategist. Like, not political wise, he's one of the greatest strategists. And when he's talking about when he's talking with Janju about what they need to do to defeat um, Tagaka, the pirate queen, but also still save the captives. They also he can strategize knowing like, all right, well, we might have like one or two casualties mats. Like one thing that's like cold hearted strategy, but then, you know, that's still a strategist. Um, he was also in the second Kyoshi novel able to kind of run circles around them all <laughs> with, with different strategies. A step ahead the entire time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so Yoon is definitely you know a, a brilliant strategist. Trained by the best in the world. Yeah. Now, I think, I mean, and it, and it's known, you know, just hearsay, but it's known from different characters that, like, yeah, Yoon is probably the second, not to spoil things ahead, but probably the one of the world's greatest strategists in that time. Like he, like Kyosha often plays down her own self because she's like, I'm sure Yoon would have came up with the strategy to deal with this or this or that, to take down the yellow necks or to do this. Like he would have done this in a more thoughtful approach. And they likened him to Kurok in like just, you know, Paisho doesn't equate to strategy, but obviously that's kind yeah. of the name of the game. So, yeah. Good spot for him, I think. Yeah. Number five. People might not like how low this is. It is General Iroh. The thing is, General Iroh, he doesn't... We know he is one of the greatest strategists because people say that, and because he he was a general for the Fire Nation. Granted, it took him 300 or 600 days to realize he, he couldn't Break the walls of boxing fair. Um but uh, they might have eventually broke it, but he was just like my men retired and so forth. But people have called him like like Admiral Zhao was like, Hey, I need you on my side because you're a great military strategist. Uh, so without a doubt, he's one oh I don't have Zhao in here. Oh for good reason. Um, um Zhao's greatest yeah, strategy that he ever implemented was delegating. He did go get go get the moon spirit, but that's more so luck. It was like, all right, I gotta go here get this thing. That feels very narrow minded of him. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hmm. Um, um, anything else to add about Iron? Uh, no. I mean, it's what there's just not enough evidence uh, to put him above others we have listed higher than him. But obviously, it's Iroh. Yeah. He's, he's great. Good work. He's a general in the most powerful military in the world. Like, got there somehow. Let's go to number four. Who is? This is, personally, this is where I think the list starts to get kind of spicy in a good way. Number four, we've mm. got Zahir. Who had the benefit of time on his hands. But he... He... He re-entered a world that he had been outside of for, for decades and, and 
in such a short yeah, span of I time mean, with such a brilliant how do they learn how to, how do they learn how to drive cars how you know? they didn't so, Chris it's OP it's messed up and I won't stand for it <laughs> I won't yeah he's probably got a certification hiding in his shirt the whole time <laughs> I won't stand for it but but just in such a short span of time and in a way that feels that that feels plausible right it feels good it doesn't feel like it's rested on being up here and like but him and three other people you know essentially basically almost take down the entire like the biggest nation in the world in a yeah. matter of i guess it probably a couple of weeks can we some is that roughly the time frame we're yeah. looking at yeah yeah um you know and zuko explains like he says like one of them could take down a nation, but all of them is a threat to the world, and that's that's that has to be strategy in there. Um, I mean, we've seen that when they went and kidnapped Korra, like they were like, "All right, we gotta go here and be quiet and do this." I got these people sneak in there. Um, you don't think about one of the key things to strategy is communication. Uh, I learned that watching um, uh, Doctor Stone, great anime, Doctor Stone. It's a Told you about Doctor Stone. Um, we've discussed it minimally, but I'm okay. not familiar with it. But they get into like this war. The the, the premise of the show is um, the whole world has been each person in the world has been like petrified to like stone, and uh, and like this character named Senku, like he gets frozen in the stone. And he starts counting because he's like, I gotta when I wake up. I gotta make sure I know like what the day is and stuff. Like and he counts to like two thousand years in the future. He just randomly gets unpetrified. He's like, oh, okay, it's the year this, this, this. Anyway, and he starts figuring out how to how to free other people. And he gets into a war with this guy who's all power and, and physical beats and stuff. But he wins the war because it ends up making telephones. So they're far into the future, like two thousand years in the future. But like all technology has so been wiped out. Uh, but he is so smart. He's like, I'm going to bring technology back and I'm going to bring everyone back. He ends up making cell phones somehow. And like, it's funny because, um, uh, um, dang it, what's that show with Adam Savage? Mythbusters? Mythbusters. Uh, one of the hosts from Mythbusters was like, yeah, all that tech, like stuff they do in the show is like real science. Like, you can do that with all the stuff he does. Um, anyway, the point is, so he had communication skills because he could, like, communicate to the spirit world to other people. I I think uh, even just, like, the trap he lays for Korra, again, is, is pretty much off the cuff. You know, he, he didn't know he was... As much as being an airbender is extremely helpful to him, like, he didn't know he was going to be an airbender... He can't have input like, and especially an extremely powerful one. And I just can't help but think he he had plenty of time to organize his thoughts, but he didn't know what what he was planning for. As a brand new world, he had airbending at his disposal now. Uh, probably unsure of the state of his comrades. Right? There's no way he could have known that they were okay. They can't enter the spirit world. Um. Yeah. So. I don't know, like, it, in my mind, he had, like, the most complicated sort of web of probabilities to account for. Mm, and he still true. almost That's took over the world in a very short amount of time. So, 
that's pretty cool i think yeah even even him in the you know the final episode to tell i assume he told um the waterbender ming Wa, like all right we're gonna set a trap like you pretend like you have all the airbenders and they're all just puppets of yours then i'll catch out which are here and stuff um he had to think a lot this was this these were whole plans to do all these things incredible work so here All right, number three is Amon. Just got done talking about Amon. Uh, what you know? Well, there's left to say. He took over a whole city, really. With with you think about his his strategies and stuff. And there's one scene where I was like, "Oh, this is like some Joker level planning type of stuff, like from The Dark Knight, like <laughs> where he takes out all the city leaders." Um, because he is like that is some military strategy. All right, take out the leaders. What else can they do? Um, and then just the way he built, you know, he built his army. Uh, there was a couple other really, you know, smart strategic things he was doing. Um, oh, another strategic thing he did was that he purposely never tried to kill Korra because he knew that that would trigger the Avatar state. And he probably, I mean, he knew that from listening to his own father's story about when his father tried to kill Aang, and that triggered the Avatar state. Uh, so he had a clear plan in mind that he almost succeeded in. His, it's almost the opposite of Zaheer, where I'm giving Zaheer credit for having to plan for like a kind of infinite number of probabilities. Amon's kind of singularly laid out plan is just it feels flawless and in you know yeah, up to yeah. essentially the last episode like it is it is being executed to perfection in a way that is very engaging like it's not even frustrating as a viewer because he's the bad guy it, it keeps you so so hooked um it's it, i don't know it's just masterful even to ascent i mean we're talking about his own brother like escaping escaping the visage of his own brother being right under his mm-hmm. nose and so i don't know it, it feels extremely meticulously detailed in in a flawless way it's one big yeah. plan and then and then you talk about the strategy of leading a revolution of like all right i gotta turn these people against societal norms uh and he did that pretty well like that his plan his he his end result did reach further to his goal of equality like republic city now had elections it wasn't just uh all right whoever you know power to the people now (laughs) i yeah uh the the way in which he garnered garnered his support initially uh, despite being just a terrifying specimen to look at, is I mean that's just step one. But uh, I don't know that 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 season just had me hooked from the get go because of Amon. Yeah. Number two is Azula. Azula making number two to Sean's dismay. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Azula. To put it plainly, I, you know, I would have it, maybe dropped her a smidgler, like maybe below Amon and Zaheer, but that could be, not could be. That's probably just 
just preference bias. She took down the Earth Kingdom pretty much by herself. Like, and she did it. Azula is a character you see not just the strategy play, but you see the manipulation. She uses manipulation a lot in her strategy, uh, which is manip- manipulation is key in, in a lot of strategy, plus when you talk about interpersonal uh, relationships. She uh, she makes she makes uh, Long Fei think he's in control. Like, which is that's some next level strategy there. To manipulate someone to think they're in control so they can do what you want for them. That's some mind games right there. Making and then it when it's time like to find a like switch. It's their idea. That's a, a mastercraft. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I... Uh, she flips the switch on him. And then she plays my games with Zuko. Like, yeah, Zuko, you know what? It's your choice. You know, I'll leave you to it. And she knows that. <laughs> Giving Zuko that the he, credit he... For, for killing Aang, that's huge. Yes, yeah. It's messed up. Because then she knows that's going to mess him up. That's going to get him off his game. Uh, yeah. She, I mean... Long story short, she was able to do what her what other people couldn't do for years since the war started. She was able to do it with her and two other girls. And hers, you know, uh, Amon, Zahir, Iroh, you, and we talk about like educated, and hers is certainly educated and academic, but her best yeah. traits are not. Her best traits are just those kind mm, of evil people point. skills that she executes. So evil people soft evil people soft skills. Right. Instead of regular soft skills, it's a it's a <laughs> sharp edge soft skills. Yeah. Um yeah, you know she What is that book how to how to make friends and inspire motivate others? Whatever that book is called. I don't. You never heard of the book? It's like how to make friends and inspire others. It's some self help book. I've never read I it. Hers would I would be explain like explain a few things about me. But I'm sure <laughs> her, her book would be like how to make enemies and manipulate and them. De-spire them. Oh, yeah, manipulate. Yeah, that's what I meant. Listen, <laughs> she could have strategically selected a therapist at a younger age, and that might have been good, but other than that, uh, kudos to Azula. Yeah. The thing is, number one, number one is almost number one. Wait, we're not getting number one yet. Because we got honorable mentions to get into. Oh, yeah, let's do... That was a that was a great tease, though. Chris, let's do some honorable mentions. <laughs> oh, such a tease. That was a great <laughs> tease, yeah. King Boomy, that's a great honorable mention. Um, you know, the the way that he... You know, outside told, the box thinking... Told him not to rescue him, right? Like, going against kind of intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, unexpected. It's very Sokka mm-hmm. or more Sokka-like in his plan. Yeah, it's such... It's such luck strategy. Because it's like, oh, an eclipse. Perfect. <laughs> like his feels I mean, he... more like, like a wisdom to me, like a like a practiced mm. patience. But it's like why why would I fight against the Fire Nation? We can't win. We might as well surrender and stay alive and and the right time will come. Yeah, like knowing that he the right time will come, like that kind of wisdom of, you know, being hundred and ten years old or whatever and seeing kingdoms rise and fall and but, uh, but listen, he's a good honorable mention. I'm going to lazily throw these two in the same bucket and say Aang and Korra. I think they deserve to be there. Yeah. Aang and Korra. Yeah, I think these two 
probably shows some of the most com combat strategy. Yeah, there are certain scenes with Korra, like her Fire Nation, uh, passing front at her fire bending test. Immediate where combat see... strategy, not like not like pre-combat planning, not like in the tent with the toys, but like live action, on off the cuff combat strategy. Yeah, they're, they're very like, creative martial artists. Uh huh. Like you see her do something bosses do. Like bosses would throw feints to make an opponent move a certain area, so then they can attack. A different way, like Cora in this fight, fire bends at him and throws. She like she's like in the air. She throws a fire flame at him, but it's not even that strong. He thinks it's strong, so he blocks it, and then she comes in for a stronger attack. And then she also does this thing where she like trips a guy right as he's like with her foot. Like this is like in the moment strategy happening. Um, uh, and Aang does that, you know, a lot of times too. That's a lot of air bending stuff, but it's not about like almost a toss, like uh, frustration. Like, oh, there's no like because she hates <laughs> strategy almost. Like, there's no way to think about it. like you and your strategies and tactics, and, and that's what Aang can do. His his craftiness that he exercises to cause the minimum amount of harm it's a different kind of strategy but yeah. there is a harm or the, but there is like it's it's planned on his part or very elective on his part i wrote two great inclusion small sample size very attractive sample size uh, he's a yeah, general he had to he, get there somehow he's the general of the united nations like <laughs> it's a big deal very big deal i mean you know he thinks about strategy there's just you know we just don't have us we have a really great sample size for his fighting abilities that make him made him the number one firebender in our list. Uh, but when it comes to like strategy, not as much. When there's there's some really there. evidence that he kind of pre-planned it. You know, that would just like in combat strategy, but there's no evidence that yeah. he like pre-planned any of that, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah, good honorable mention. And last one that we have listed, I'm sure there's more. I always read it as Ken Jong. I can't separate it in my head. Jong Jong. Yeah. Uh, not much to say about Jong Jong, just that he was a decorated strategist. Like, I feel like specifically strategist in the Fire Nation. I don't know why, but I have that sense that that's what that guy said. No, he I just had like a I crazy think he literally mind. says that, right? Yeah, I think so. Great yeah. general and strategist, or something like I'm slightly yes. butchering the quote, but it's close to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's more hearsay, but. It's, I say hearsay, but these are like factual things. Like it's not like some like, oh, he outsmarted a thousand men. Like no, this is like a a fat toy. Yeah, he's just giving a little bio on somebody essentially. Yeah. Uh, Chris, that's enough teasing. Give us give us the top pick. Top pick number one is uh, Master Jianju, who was uh, Quirk's friend. He was also uh, kind of. Uh, main one of them whatever um <laughs> he is like he does everything with this strategy like we talked about azula having manipulation jianju has that like he, he has to manipulate so many people <laughs> like if we talk about political strategy there's no one better than him at political strategy <laughs> and then you talk about combat strategy he can read a situation and assess it quickly and do the right bending 
to put him at an advantageous position. Literally every, it feels like in the books, um, the author does a great job of making you feel like every single Jeonju move is, is hyper calculated mm. and, and almost never off course, right? Like even when he, uh, I mean, spoiler alert, I suppose, but like, even when he kills Kelsong, you think to yourself, like you had to have a sense that he knew this was going to happen. Like that he was prepared. Mm. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, he purposely imagine just like plotting like just staying awake the night before just like plotting like yep gonna have to murder my best friend tomorrow probably (laughs) yeah he tried to go behind his back uh and not tell kelsong about his little test that he was doing between the two but yeah he probably he he probably knew like all right there's a 20 percent chance that me him won't agree on this and it might come to this had to like I said I'm going to give a lot of credit to the author it just makes you feel like uh, FC makes you just feel like every step that he is exactly where he intended to be and expected he would need to be and uh, just always has a hand up and you don't get that sense right away it's more as the story develops and you get the context of Jeonju from other characters as it goes mm-hmm. along and you just kind of uh, it's a really interesting character arc's probably the wrong word because because he's a bad guy but it's a really interesting way that your brain develops respect for what Jianju's doing. Respects also. Yeah, and you think. Uh, so one of his nicknames is the Grave Digger. Awesome nickname. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, kind of a, a mis a, a misnomer or whatever you call that. Um, he, you know, they say, oh, he, it's a he dug switch. the grave of like of like a hundreds of of Daofei members. Like, no, he didn't. He made them dig their own graves, and then he just buried them in. Like, he manipulated them to killing themselves. Like, holy crap. Yeah, it was messed up. Um, and then and then he killed, like, his entire, uh, like, he killed a lot of his staff, a lot of noblemen, and almost killed his best friend just so he can take out his political rival. He, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have anything else to add other than awesome. The way that they crafted him as but, a character. I would say this: the only thing he did, I was questioning, was like, what was his plan with Kyoshi? Like, I think that's the only part of the plan that, like, that that, like, he just didn't expect. He, I guess. Well, like, like he, he was probably like, all right, well, I'll I'll figure that out when I get to it. But I first, got to get to it. Like I first got to get Kiyoshi under my control, then I'll figure out how I can properly make her the avatar she needs to be. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that I don't have a good answer for that. But yeah, one step at a time. Like he, he yeah. and he's very manipulative. He just a certain amount of faith. That like, yeah, I will be able to coax her under my wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like you said, the author does a great job. I think detailing his thought process. I see because he'll he'll be faced with a dilemma, and he'll be like, "I can do this. I can do this." But this would be the best way to do this, or this would be the way to strike the most fear, and that's what this is needed right now. 
very uh i'm gonna say this is more as here like where he's having to account for a lot of different probabilities but he's doing so extremely effectively yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, great villain tremendous villain jianju chris uh honorable mention that i just thought of we didn't mention lauga I don't know if that's worth the heat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were going to talk about Um We're going to H him oh, yeah, at least. He probably deserves to be... But this is pretty lot of speculation because he's been around for like 400, 500 years. He's probably picked up some strategy. I mean, he does have strategy. He probably has as much... The thing, Strategy we don't even like, have quite as good of hearsay on him, right? There's not, yeah. like, direct stories have, like, have to go off of or anything. True. Our hearsay of him is, like, he is an immortal assassin. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, not not that he's an immortal strategist, just he's an immortal assassin. Um, Which is a freaking... Is, I love that that statement works in the Avatar universe. Immortal assassin, like I mean, it sounds. It fantastic. sounds far fetched, but yeah. Uh, essentially, Chris, if you'd come join D and D for uh, a Sunday night, you'd see that my character, his his ambition is to be an immortal assassin. I'd like to oh, think okay. that was somewhat inspired. I'll say indirectly by Lauke. Oh, and that's uh, Yang Chen. I should be coming out soon. I haven't tried to get us free tape, free copies yet. But I might try and get on there so much. So you know, Chris, probably they probably know who we are. Here. They probably just uh, send them unprompted. I think they would have emailed me, like, oh, hey, do you want a copy? Not just, here's a free copy. No, no, Chris, just... they, they know us, okay? okay. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> just kidding. Please request that for us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hey, that's our that's our top ten strategists in the Avatar: The Last Airbender universe. We would love to hear your thoughts on who we missed and where they belong. Uh, and my name's Sean. That's Chris Ford, aka the Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you can spare us any interactions, likes, subs, reviews, comments, whatever, we we really appreciate when you can do that. And we'll see you next week. Have a great week. Almost weird. Oh, don't talk. talk during the outro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my voice is <laughs> <laughs>